I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is the Whispering Woods podcast. This episode is all about... Demons. It is. I've got uh, one story um, about a demonic possession that happened in the Philippines years and years ago that I'd never heard of. Nah. Yeah, so I'm quite excited about that. (laughs) Shouldn't really get excited about demons, but they are also one of my favourite kind of subjects, to be quite honest. (laughs) I'd like to put on a demonic possession movie when I'm feeling a bit low. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash the whispering woods, where we have extra content and episode extra episodes for the higher tier. Also, you can listen at free. Right. Let's get into it. Are you ready for the first story? Yes, I am. Actually, before I start, I do want to give trigger warnings because there is talk of something that people might not find appropriate for younger children. Have a listen through first. Also, there is some talk about suicide. It's not descriptive at all. Um, But if you do listen with your children, I would say have a little listen first to make sure it's appropriate. In the annals of supernatural occurrences... One incident stands out as both chilling and beguiling. The demonic possession of Carita Villanueva in May of 1953. A 17-year-old girl held within the confines of Manila City Jail in the Philippines. Clarita found herself caught in the clutches of two evil entities and their sinister followers. 
the tale of her possession quickly spread like wildfire, captivating the attention of the world and drawing scrutiny from the likes of American pastor Lester Sumrall, who was constructing a church in Manila at the time. The sensational coverage and extensive attention this case garnered is a testament to its extraordinary nature. To truly understand the events that unfolded, we must first delve into Clarita's tumultuous life, marred by hardship and tragedy. Raised by a mother who was deeply entrenched in the practices of spiritualism and fortune-telling, Clarita never knew the love or support of a father. A mother's untimely demise when Clarita was just 12 years old left her utterly alone, without immediate family to provide solace and guidance. In the absence of a safety net, Clarita was forced into the harrowing world of sex work, a desperate means of survival in the face of overwhelming circumstances. The young girl found herself wandering aimlessly, homeless and in search of stability and a place to call her own. It was in the summer of 1953 that she arrived in Manila, leaving behind her island province home in the hopes of finding her long-lost father. Settling in the district of Millet, Clarita soon became immersed in a seedy underworld of bars and clubs, engaging in solicitation to make ends meet. But fate would soon intervene, dramatically altering the course of Clarita's life. On that fateful day, May the 6th, 1953, in a twist of events, Clarita unknowingly propositioned an undercover police officer who promptly arrested her. Due to her status as a minor and the illegal natures of her actions, she found herself incarcerated at the infamous Old Bilibid Prison, which has since been renamed the Manila City Jail. It was within the walls of this grim correctional facility that the inexplicable occurred. During a hearing related to her case, Clarita suddenly found herself possessed by an otherworldly force, a demonic presence that defied all explanation and came to be known as the Thing. The details of the possession itself remain shrouded in mystery, but what is known is that it took place amidst the proceedings of the courtroom which adds another chilling and eerie layer to this already tumultuous situation. During the alleged possession, Clarita offered haunting descriptions of her attackers. She spoke of a very big dark man with curly hair all over his body and another figure with an angelic face and a big moustache. Interestingly, It's worth noting that prior to the possession, it was widely believed that Clarita could only speak the Tagalog language 
as she was of Visayan descent. However, during the possession, she astonishingly displayed the ability to speak English fluently. This unexpected linguistic prowess defied all expectation and added yet another layer of intrigue to the case, raising questions about the true nature of the possession and the source of the information and language skills displayed during that time. The Timeline of Events On May the 7th, Clarita was arrested on charges of vagrancy, although it remains unclear if she was also arrested for her involvement in sex work. By May the 19th, the situation had escalated to such a degree that approximately 100 medical specialists, nurses and pressmen surrounded Clarita, as reported by Rudolfo Nazarino, a United Press reporter. It was on this day that Pastor Lester Sumrall first encountered Clarita, expecting nothing short of a battle against the forces of darkness. In a disturbing display, Clarita expressed her hatred towards the pastor and God, unleashing a torrent of blasphemous statements that sent shockwaves through those in attendance. The following day, responding to reports about the incident, Manila Mayor Arsenio Laxon ordered Clarita to be brought to the city morgue, where he intended to witness the situation firsthand. To the astonishment of all, within a mere 15 minutes of Laxon sitting behind her, bite marks materialised on Clarita's index finger and neck. Unmistakable evidence of a physical assault inflicted by an unseen presence. Laxon himself confirmed the authenticity of these human bite marks, firmly believing they were not self-inflicted. It's of utmost importance to note that Clarita had previously undergone examination and had been declared mentally sound. After witnessing the bite marks materialise, Mayor Laxon offered an unconventional suggestion. He advised the thing to relocate its activities to Malacanang, where it could direct its bites towards President Elpidio Carino and Defence Secretary Oscar Costello instead. However, the thing was reportedly unamused by this politicisation of its actions and expressed its disapproval. In response, Clarita, in Tagalog, warned the mayor, saying, You too, they want to bite you. Undeterred, Mayor Laxon calmly retorted, Don't mistake me for Governor Laxon of Negros. Lieutenant Colonel James C. Zigua, a specialist in the neuropsychiatric department of Luna General Hospital, conducted an assessment of Clarita's condition. He diagnosed her with a rare psychiatric abnormality known as hysterical fugue, which involves temporary amnesia from one's own identity. However, Lieutenant Colonel Degois 
remained sceptical of the claims surrounding the teeth marks on Clarita's neck, attributing them instead to discoloration and swelling caused by a vasomotor reaction. He expressed confidence that with appropriate medical treatment, Clarita would recover within a few days. During the medical examination, Clarita exhibited bodily movements commonly associated with symptoms of demonic possession, such as trembling, spasms and seizures. At one point, she made certain gestures and produced gurgling sounds. Some individuals present interpreted these signs as an indication of hunger, leading them to offer her bread. Surprisingly, Clarita appeared more interested in the paper wrapping than the bread itself. Subsequently, doctors from the National Psychopathic Hospital concluded the thing was a fabricated phenomenon. But there was an incident where hair was found under Clarita's fingernails after she'd struggled with the thing. Dr. Arino Gonzalez, a medico-legal expert, determined that the hair was human and had a curly texture. Mayor Laxon, sceptical of the medical diagnosis, sought assistance from the rector of the University of Santo Toma and Manila Archbishop Rufino J. Santos in the hopes of arranging an exorcism for Clarita. To undertake the spiritual battle against the thing, three American Methodist ministers led by Dr. Lester Sumrall, accepted the challenge. Dr. Sumrall initiated the process by inquiring if Clarita was acquainted with Jesus Christ, to which she responded negatively. He then requested everyone in the room to join him in prayer. After enduring three harrowing days of relentless confrontation, Pastor Lester Sumrall declared that a divine miracle had transpired, an intervention from God himself. Astonishingly, Clarita herself, who had been tormented by the demons, proclaimed that the malevolent entities had finally been vanquished, their hold on her shattered. She claimed that the thing had fled through the window. This marked the final time the demons reportedly tormented her, before their defeat and subsequent departure. Dr. Summerall believed he had achieved victory, but his optimism was short-lived, as the thing allegedly made a return. As the month progressed, additional individuals came forward with their claims of being victims of the thing. Hermogena Villahumosa, a 36-year-old housewife, residing in Calavilles in San Miguel, reported enduring beatings from the thing since 1950. The most severe attack occurred in 1952, prompting her to seek medical examination via X-ray. Surprisingly, the X-ray results displayed Chinese writing on the film. Another person who claimed to have encountered the thing was Mrs. Maura Manuel. She was detained in Bilibid on 14 counts of estafa 
and exhibited reddish swollen marks on her legs and neck. Mrs Manuel firmly believed that she had also fallen victim to the thing. The conclusion of this extraordinary chapter in Clarita's life only intensified the scrutiny and sensationalism that had surrounded her case. People from all walks of life, from the general public to authorities and experts in various fields, were drawn to her story, seeking to understand and address the perplexing nature of her condition. The events surrounding Clarita's possession serve as a poignant reminder of the profound mysteries that exist in the realm beyond our comprehension. They challenge our notions of reality and force us to question the boundaries of the human experience. To this day, the tale of Clarita's possession continues to captivate the imagination of those who hear it. The details remain etched in the annals of supernatural law, an enduring testament to the power of the unknown. Poor Clarita. Yeah. Getting arrested like that. I mean, you'd like to hope to think that she'd be looked after now. Poor little thing on her own. No one looking after her. Every time I was saying Clarita, though, I must say that I tended to um, go to say Clarissa. <laughs> right? Which is Clarissa. from... Clarissa. Yeah. From the Silence of the Lambs. You know it, yeah? Where he goes, ah, oh, Clarissa. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. I'd like to eat liver with some fine damn tea. <laughs> That'll probably sound quite disgusted on the microphone. <laughs> I found it interesting about her diagnosis that she wasn't aware of herself. I've heard of another case like that, which is a case about this woman called Cindy, who they think was basically tying herself up and attacking herself. And she eventually killed herself, but she wasn't aware that it was herself doing it, which is dreadful. I was coincidentally speaking to Maisie about it yesterday. Um, and it's just a horrifying case. Like it, either it was somebody who was after her and stalking her, or it was herself, but she didn't know it was herself. Yeah. Mind is interesting, isn't it? Indeed it is. Crazy. The mind is absolutely crazy. These next two stories aren't necessarily about demonic possession, but they're about demons. So it's all good. Yeah. Right, are you ready <laughs> for the second story? Yes, I am. I asked my friend last night if he'd ever seen a ghost or anything like that. He told me when he went to Ithaca, maybe 15 years ago, he and a friend and two girls were on their way to a party. They were at a part of the campus that was very old and had old Gothic architecture. He wanted to emphasise how big this building he was in was. He said there was a corkboard on one wall, a single solid piece that was 40 feet long, unbroken. He said while the other people were talking, he kept getting distracted by this part of the room in the distance behind them that seemed unusually and naturally dark. He found himself staring into it. He said he felt colder than he'd ever felt in his life, and suddenly he was paralysed, to the point that he couldn't even breathe. 
He was overwhelmed with a feeling of dread and terror. He was in a full-blown panic because his friend seemed not to notice he'd been standing there not moving. He almost came to peace with the idea of dying because he thought he could not breathe or blink or anything. After a while, he finally summoned the strength from deep within to break free. When he did, he regained movement and bumped into his friend and to his surprise found that by hitting his friend, he snapped him out of exactly the same paralysed trance-like state. He also had felt the terror and dread and cold. He said they just ran away as fast as they could and when the other people they were with caught up with them later, they said they'd been staring at the corner of the room, silent, for about 20 minutes, not the one minute that they thought had elapsed. Later, he discovered a nearby cliff, which is apparently famous for a lot of suicides, and that giant corkboard was end-to-end covered with flyers and articles about missing persons and student obituaries. He said the media doesn't report on the bizarrely high number of suicides and paranormal reportings because it's such a prestigious, high-status school. The kids of all these rich people who are the investors and donors for the media go there, so they don't want that negative press. He didn't specify if the suicides are caused by just high pressure of medical school or if it's the demonic force that drives people to kill themselves. My friend has never really lied to me, especially not about something big. If he told me he was alone, I'd believe that he had had the experience, but I'd have said he was hallucinating. I've had dreams and sleep paralysis like that, but the fact that it happened to two people while fully conscious, standing up, I don't know what to make of that. It really creeped me out. Do you guys know anything either about paranormal activity at Ithaca or about a type of ghost or demon that people report has this effect on them? Can't mind those posh schools. Yeah. Give me a council estate school any day, you know. We'll have our ghost stories in the toilets making our cigarettes, but we haven't got those old buildings. (laughs) When I um, when I read this story initially, it puts my mind into conspiracy theory mode, you know? Like, they're selling their souls to, to the demons. <laughs> to Satan, you know? That's all, obviously, automatically. So that's what rich people do. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that is true, because they go to cults and that, like, really, like, pop, mm. famous, like, important people. Yeah, there's a lot of like, um, the conspiracy. And the yeah. Order, New World Order and stuff. All the conspiracy stuff. And yeah, that's where my brain went initially. Like, you're selling your souls, aren't you? Or you're selling your kids' souls. <laughs> <laughs> so you can be rich and famous. <laughs> Ain't never going there. It's not worth it. Nah. No. <laughs> Funny, because I do actually believe it. I'd never do it. I'd be like, no. What, sell your soul? No, yeah. I wouldn't even, like, pretend to go through a ritual and do that kind of stuff. It's just dark. I don't want to be messy. It It makes me want to get some more salt out on the doorsteps. I might do that again later. (laughs) Right, are you ready for the third and final story? Yes, I am. 
I want to start by saying that the paranormal has always gravitated towards me specifically. Even my mum thinks I have spirits following me around, and have since I was a little girl. She says she's seen and felt them in every bedroom I've had. I'm a firm believer in God, and I don't know if that's relevant, but I do think some people are just more susceptible to spiritual and demonic activity no matter how devout of a Christian they are. It might seem like I'm crazy, and maybe I am. I just want clarity, and I want to know if these things seem as sinister to all of you as they do to me. My boyfriend and I have been living together for a year. I started hanging out around his house nine months ago, and moved in officially four months ago. He says that before I started hanging around, stuff didn't happen that often, and when it did, he would ignore it. Apparently, it would just be small stuff, like fleeting shadows in the hallway. Since I've moved in, it's picked up. It started out with more frequent shadows in the corners of our eyes, and progressed to things moving on their own. One day, he was in the bathroom and a towel flew off of the shower rack at him. There are no windows or vents in there. It had to have been physically pushed. Then we started hearing each other's voices. I would hear him whistling when he wasn't home, and he would hear me talking when I wasn't home. It didn't take long to start hearing each other, even when we are home. He was sitting right next to me and said something to me, and I asked him to repeat it, only to find out he didn't speak at all. This kind of thing happens almost every day. I started doing some research and watched an episode of the show Haunted on Netflix about mimicking demons. From what I've learned, only demonic entities can become powerful enough to mimic you, and it gets worse as they get stronger. Online, it said, that if it gets strong enough, it can physically appear as you to another person. I think it already looks like me. Our cat was in the hallway one day and it nuzzled the air as if it was a hand. Our other cat meows at corners. The other night I heard my voice say something in the living room and the dog went running towards it and started running around and playing as if I was in there with it. Additionally, My boyfriend told me he saw me in the kitchen while I was in the bedroom. Only for a split second, but he was sure he saw it and he was sure it was me. Weird things always happen when I'm in the shower, especially when I'm home alone. I'll hear the front door open and footsteps walking toward the bathroom, then get out to find the front door locked and the house empty. A couple of weeks ago, I was showering and my boyfriend was in the living room waiting for me to get out. It's not uncommon for him to come into the bathroom while I'm showering to annoy me, so I wasn't shocked when I heard him walk up to the shower curtain. He called my name from right on the other side of the curtain in a really strange sing-song tone. I peeked out to see what he wanted and he wasn't there and the door was still locked. When confronted about it, he promised it wasn't him. Not to mention, both of us constantly feel like we're being watched, 
and like something dark and heavy is looming over us, especially when we're sleeping. I can't even sleep in the house alone, and the only room I feel safe in is the living room. We hear footsteps a lot too. It's almost like we can hear it every time it walks. I feel extremely targeted by this thing, whatever it is. It seems to mimic me and bother me the most, and I keep waking up with huge bruises all over me. I've never been the type to do that before, and it only happens when I sleep there. My boyfriend thinks it's nothing and I'm just sleeping rough, but that's not the case and I know it. Beds don't give you bruises. It reminds me of the Conjuring movie, where the demon wants to possess the mum and leaves bruises on her to weaken and wear her down. I genuinely don't know what to do at this point. The air there is dark and heavy and I'm terrified that bruises are going to turn into scratches and scratches are going to turn into full-on attacks. I keep my Bible close and pray as much as I can. I've even thought about inviting a pastor over to cleanse the house. I've also thought of putting baby powder on the floor like they did in Paranormal Activity to try and catch whatever it is. But like I said, maybe I'm just crazy. I'm open to suggestions to help this situation if anyone has any. Edit. It's happened. I was showering a week ago and my back started burning. When I got out and looked in the mirror, I had two small scratches. Very small, so small that I couldn't have been sure they weren't me. But then last night, my arms started burning out of absolutely nowhere and I had two huge scratches going down the back of it. I'm terrified. I've been reading Psalm 91 and the Lord's Prayer over and over loudly, and I think I'm making it worse. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Mmm, interesting. Yeah. Bruises. Have you ever woken up with bruises all over you and you don't know where they've come from? <laughs> no. <laughs> I have. <laughs> but mainly that's because of like some of the antidepressants I've been on make me bruise easily. Or um, I bash into everything. As I've gotten older, <laughs> honestly, Toby, as I've gotten older, I've got no balance. Yeah. I'm like Bambi when it comes to balance. <laughs> and I bash into everything I walk past. I burn myself on the oven. I forget to like protect my hands. I'm terrible. I'm turning into my mother. It's exactly the same. Your mum is turning into your nan. No. It's happening before your very eyes. No. <laughs>
And they said about putting powder down, see if something moves through it. I can strongly advise against that because imagine something did and you saw a hoof print or something in the powder. That, that was just going to be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd rather not know. If I'm asleep and someone's stalking around me, I don't want to know about it. Yeah, as long I, as it ain't like doing nothing, isn't it? Then. Yeah, well, yeah, unfortunately this one seems to be. But I don't, I just like, I'll leave it to my imagination. I don't want to have that firm, concrete evidence that something has walked through the powder. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of this episode, and I hope you enjoyed them. Please let us know what you looked to hear. Yes, indeedy. And we will be back again on Wednesday for Patreon members. Thursday with another demonic story. Yes. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. There's darkness out there. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.